Genre. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze, review, and fall in love with uh, the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one uh, cart crashing minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. You, you doubled up on the thematic uh, stuff. That was good. I like yeah, that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and joining us uh, again today, uh, Tom and Jerry from Indiana Jones Minute. Welcome, guys. Oh, thank you very much. It's good to be back. Uh, good to have you back. And today we are going back to Minute 44, which Great starts... Great Scott, <laughs> which uh, starts with uh, Emmett Doc. I'm, whoa, that was weird. I never called him Emmett before. Uh, Doc. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. That's really weird. <laughs> with, uh, with Doc. It's like when you call your dad by his first name. Uh, <laughs> starts with, uh, with Doc catching up to uh, the runaway cart and ends with Doc looking straight in the eye of his uh, beloved Clara Clayton. And we are finally... After two years and hundreds of episodes and hundreds of minutes are introduced to the one and only the immortal Mary Steenburgen. I love yes. Mary Steenburgen. Oh, who doesn't? It's impossible. My goodness. She's yeah. so great. Yeah, and she everything does. she does. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's our Karen Allen, guys. I was um, going to say, yeah, there's something about her that's like, there's a, yeah. something a little Karen Allen-ish about her. Just that she's so, I don't know, accessibly, uh, I don't know, endearing and awesome and, and mm -hmm. cool. She's she very sweet, but she could also beat somebody up if she needed to. She she's just, in, uh, oh, go on. Uh, she's a complete risk taker, like Marion. Uh -huh. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, I mean, we, you know, as you see... Some of the choices she makes, especially later on in the movie. I mean, she's definitely a risk taker. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised she needed Doc to rescue her at all. <laughs> well, you know? she is from she's from the city. So she she grew up in the city um, and, and moved out here uh, because of the uh, school teacher job that she got. Um, so she was probably unfamiliar with horses because she's mm. not used to having to use them herself. She yeah, she's probably a, she's an East Coast got guy. into like carriages and things like that where it had a driver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and I don't I don't I don't say this disparagingly, but, you know, she was kind of an indoor kid. Right. She was an indoor <laughs> right. kid. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, for, for, for anyone wondering what the hell we're talking about and how we know all this, uh, we actually very heavily went into Clara's backstory in an episode of our Patreon exclusive Back to the Future Minute No Roads <laughs> edition in which we review the comic book story, Clara's story, which is all about Clara's life leading up to uh, her meeting Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, wow. So, so give that a listen, too. If you, want, if you want some more of us talking and gushing about uh, Clara Clayton, uh, you can check, oh. that, check that episode out. So this is uh, this is the minute why th this is why I brought you guys on for this week because <laughs> I watched this and I just was like oh this is total Indiana Jones is what this is yeah uh, yeah yep. riding up on a horse next to a thing that's getting away oh <laughs> yeah but instead of a bunch of jerk Nazis it's 
darling Mary Steenburgen. Yeah. yeah. In need of rescuing. And instead of throwing them off a cliff, uh, Doc Brown is saving someone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Keeping her from going right. off a cliff. I like when <laughs> he's know, uh, it, when he's chasing yeah. her down, you know, like uh, there's a shot like kind of from behind Doc and he does the thing, you know, like whipping the horse like on, on each side with his uh, with his, with the reins to like, you know, spur him on. And they put the right. sound in of that. Which you would never in a thousand years actually hear in that situation. <laughs> but you hear this. Yeah. And you're like, really? I heard okay. that. Okay. That's really funny. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I, those, I, I, uh, those, uh, those uh, Foley artists, they, uh, I mean, they want to earn their, their paycheck and <laughs> they, they want to be able to, they want to be able to have people watch the movie and be like, hear that sound? I did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great whip cracking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You well, know, I'm thinking about it. Indy doesn't really save a lot of people. No, he no. mostly just kills them. <laughs> he keeps actually, yeah. actually, he keeps he keeps not saving people, thinking they're dead, and then they show up and they're like, "I wasn't dead." And he's like, "Well, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, you yeah, were he, dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry." He might make an attempt to save the people that he's with, but may, that might just be because like they have his stuff, or you know, <laughs> right. they, he needs them for something else. Yeah, I think he doesn't go I out of his way too much. You're supposed to assume that he's saving everybody that uh, Adolf Hitler doesn't kill by using the Ark right. of the Covenant. That saves true. Western civilization. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. 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 Do you know how many medals that man has? <laughs> although, although doesn't doesn't the Ark of the Covenant Covenant technically like save save itself? I mean, that's kind of true. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of a sort yeah. of a passive protagonist there at the end. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, yeah, God's like, I got know, this. Sure. It's all right, Indy. Yeah. yeah, as you were. God, film Twitter would have a, a a conniption fit if Raiders came out this weekend. There'd be so many essays about how like, he doesn't actually do anything. And it's a bad <laughs> right. Movie he doesn't. Right. He's, he's a yeah. yeah. Well, he's, I mean, but the whole point of that is you're rewarded for not doing something. You're rewarding yeah. for being humble and not meddling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it would be a toss-up because it, it sort of Raiders follows uh, Fury Road rules, where it's like Ma Max doesn't really do much in that movie mm -hmm. in the way that Indy doesn't really do much in Raiders, but he survives. Yeah, and the movie's still the movie's still about something, though. You know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, he catches Clara. And um, I'm kind of, I'm, I feel bad for all of her stuff. Just goes shooting off of the cliff. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone. I want that all cart to her... explode when it goes down the cliff. <laughs> yeah, I just, well, you know, I wondered, <laughs> where did she get all the other fine clothes, though, that we see later on? Uh, well, we'll, we'll have an answer to that question in the next minute. But OK, um, OK. Yeah. But but as of now, I mean, it really just also that stuff was not latched properly because no, no I mean, it, it literally I mean, it tips over and then everything just opens and just scatters. And it looks like it looks like she a lot just of had cases of paper. Yeah, yeah it looks and, like a lot of papers, a lot of uh, at first I was I felt really bad for her because I thought they were they were all books, like all of her Jules Verne books just lo were lost. But mm. no, they just, just like loose notes <laughs> like maybe maybe clara's you know maybe she's one of those people that like take a lot of notes and or maybe, maybe she's like one of like a disorganized teacher yeah yeah, yeah. maybe it's we'll her journal or her diary she we, we know she keeps a diary 
Right. You know, oh, yeah. there's a couple of spectacular crashes in this movie. And when I saw that one, you know, that's the, a really the, good crash. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really good crash. And the one other that comes to mind so much that I watched it like actually four times in a row last night. I kept rewinding. Um, <laughs> it's the one where Doc takes the drink of alcohol and then he falls on the table. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a good crash. <laughs> and it's that's you're a just great like, crash. Oh, my God. What just happened? Is he dead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they it's killed really... Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, exactly. broke his entire face. Uh huh. But anyway, oh, I so noticed uh, this. This being one of the other spectacular crashes, great one. Oh, movie. it's it's really good. They really lucked out getting the cart to land just so. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I mean that that when that cart hits that. Speaking of the foley artist, like when that cart hits that that cliffside. I mean, it sounds like an explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is moving back a little bit uh, previously in the minute, but how long has Doc been living in 1885? Uh, I, we figured this out a while ago, and I don't remember what like ballpark. we figured out. I think it's six months. Okay, ballpark. somewhere around that, because he's an expert horseman. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's more that's Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd uh knows how to ride a horse and is really oh, wow. good with horses. Okay. Um, All right. And uh and I guess he's like bringing that to to Doc's character um which is, you know, I I like the idea that Doc you know, being a man of science, the way that he gets a, away from it all and clears his head is to like go horseback riding or something. Cuz oh, okay. it's like so right. it's so the opposite of of science that it seems like a good way for a person like him to cl- clear their head you know well and i yeah. mean he is a blacksmith so right. okay you're like he's around horses i don't know eight hours a day or however many hours <laughs> he's blacksmithing right but Absolutely. um yeah well he's like i say he's a great horseman all right mm. um so uh little really detail only, yeah little detail that i really love um, I love that the first time we see Clara's face, her her hat is over it. <laughs> oh, I love, I love, yeah. I love, I love, I love the little hat that you can't you can't keep straight on her head. Yeah, because so... she's so flustered. She's yeah. like, what I love about it is like she's flustered because she almost died, and then she's flustered because she sees Doc, and you know, there's a love at first sight moment, and then and then there comes this point where it, it's like Mary Steenburgen is acting the way that she's acting is it's almost as if Clara can't decide which she wants to be more flustered about seeing <laughs> Doc or having just survived a near death experience, right? And so she looks confused about what she's flustered about, yeah. And it's like, she's just like, ah, there's too much going on. I just, and then the hat falls back down her face, yeah. yeah it's amazing. She puts her blast shield back down, yeah, right? She can collect herself. It's weird though the way she uh there's a weird like why does she she pauses when she says life but it's not because she's surprised she hasn't seen doc yet. It's weird like she's mm-hmm. got the hat down she's like you saved my and then she lifts up the hat and sees doc and says life. Yeah. Like, wait, well, wait seen... why did she well, why did she pause though? She... Because she's just seen the sexiest man she's ever seen in the world. But she pauses <laughs> before that like she she pauses before she she sees him. She's still got her hat down. It's just like a weird little I, like, awkward. Uh, I think thing. she sees him. I think. I think, I, 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 I think uh, she's made eye contact. 
I think she's, I think the problem, I think what's going on is that she is, uh, she wants to look him in the eye when she's saying, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like she, she definitely, she definitely pauses before lifting the hat and seeing yeah. doc and then saying life. But yeah, I think, I think what it is, is she wants to be respectable to this guy that saved her. So she wants to look him in the eye before she finishes her sentence. Yeah. And, and, and so she, yeah, and so she lifts up the hat, and then she's like, oh, yeah. hello. The pause could be, oh, I'm talking to a guy with a hat in my face. I'll, I'm going to pause for a second. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. And then it's like, oh, my God, like, you know, babe alert. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I think it's all just her being extra flustered. And yeah. There's a lot of flustering going on here. Yeah. Two very <laughs> flustered, two very flustered doves. Yeah. um so doc says at your service oh my god it's so pimp yeah emmett brown (laughs) (laughs) there's i mean you think about there's a lot you can do if he's at your service Uh yeah yeah i mean tons i mean he can pretty much anything build me a new cart yeah yeah right right or create me this uh this uh you know uh mechanism that gets toast out in the morning <laughs> right, <laughs> so i don't right. have to don't have to get out of bed or whatever right so uh to digress a little bit a little bit about uh the, the woman of the hour mary steenburgen oh yes of course born uh february 8th 1953 in newport arkansas uh, she moved to New York City after joining the neighborhood playhouse at the uh, suggestion of her drama teacher after graduating high school. Uh, oh, wow. This is pretty early on in her career. Uh, she was uh, very, very famous at the time for winning an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for only her third ever film, Melvin and Howard. Oh, yeah. I love wow. her in that. Yeah. And uh, her first ever film was Going South, directed by Jack Nicholson. Uh, time after time wasn't this? Not uh, I first? love time after time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, with Christopher uh, Reeve. Yeah, and, no, 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 no. That's no. somewhere in time. Oh, uh, cut it time out. After cut time after time is time after <laughs> time is H.G. Wells versus Jack the Ripper. It's yeah. uh, it's it's David Warner and um, Malcolm McDowell. Yes, who after meeting on this film, Mary Steenburgen would uh, start a relationship with and have two children together. Including really? uh, Char- including Charlie McDowell, right? Yeah, and uh, then she would yeah. So she would be in uh, she so she won an Oscar for Melvin and Howard. Uh, she was in uh, one of my favorite uh, Woody Allen movies from back in the day, Midsummer Night Sex Comedy, where she's really good in. Um, and uh, that was back when I was watching Woody Allen movies. And uh, <laughs> the year before, she was in the seminal, seminal, in my opinion, eighties. Uh, Family dramedy, uh, 1989's Parenthood. Oh, sure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so she was already um, an Oscar-winning actress at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that she took the role at the uh, at the insistence of her children and uh, <laughs> her, them wanting, you know, her wanting, them wanting to see her mom in a big family movie. And also she had a, uh, a personal friendship uh, with Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. oh, cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why they have so much chemistry is uh, they knew each other. I was just about so. to ask you guys that. What do, what do you think of their chemistry? I mean, is it safe to say maybe she's half his age? Uh, <laughs> so let's see. Mary Steenburgen was born in 1953. She was, 
I believe she was 30. I what what does that make her? She makes her 35, 36. Yeah, Christopher Lord time. Christopher Lord was born in 1938 and Mary Steenburgen was born in 1953. So it's a 15-year okay. difference. So 15-year difference. Oh, sure. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not getting, you know, in the middle of all that. The wild well, I love Doc. Yeah. What, what makes Doc. it not what makes it not skeevy to me? Is I like the Clara and Mary Steenburgen in this movie. Is I mean she she's like she she's an adult woman. Yeah, she's oh yeah. like yeah. she's in her thirties. I mean like in the in the context in the historical context of the film, she's already like an old maid. Right. Uh, sure, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean it would mean like today. I mean it would be you know I mean like you go to the movies and it's like oh Bradley Cooper falls in love with like freaking the girl from Stranger Things you know what I mean like well it's- that was that was that was part of the reason why she moved out here was because she was an old maid because she didn't want to be with any of the guys in the city that her parents kept hooking her up with yeah oh, uh, she wanted adventure and- in the great wide somewhere right sure. so she so she went west and became a school teacher because she's like screw it I don't need no man yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll die out west all by myself right. alone <laughs> alone Actually, that's really sad. Think about the life story of Clara Clayton that we learned about only for her to like go out west and immediately die. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, immediately die. Yeah. Well, it was a great explosion. Yeah. She got a ravine named after her. Yeah. That's true. Not all empty. It's just really sad because it's like the mayor, you know, specifically asked if someone would be willing to come pick her up at the train station. Doc volunteered, but if Doc wasn't there to volunteer, does that mean like no one volunteered? And he's just oh, like, okay, then gosh. moving on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's on her own. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Why don't you do it, Mayor? I'm the mayor. I got things to do. Yeah. And well, we, we already. Much like said, uh, yeah. Marion, you think that uh, getting to know her a little bit after watching the movie, you're like, ah, oh, she's going to be fine no matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, the market. Uh, yeah. Even if she flies off the cliff. <laughs> She'll yeah. land with Grace. <laughs> no, Mary, Mary Steenburgen, I mean, she's so great. I, I, I love her in this. I love Clara. And I and, and just in general, I mean, Mary Steenburgen is one of those actresses that have a lot of range. Like she usually mm-hmm. like you see her play moms in comedies a lot. And she's really good at that. Specifically then, Will Ferrell's mom. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah but oh yeah right i guess that happened twice didn't it mm-hmm. um I, I forgot she's the mom and elf and in yeah. brothers yes um but she uh she's also um you know she's also like capable of being a total badass like she was this awesome crime boss and justified mm-hmm. uh which is you know that was nuts yeah, you can see her that. uh you, you can see her stretch your comedic chops every week on fox on uh, last man on earth Oh, right. And then oh, now yeah. she's on Last Man on Earth. I forgot about that. Yeah. And okay. I watched that show. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, I love Mary Steenburgen. And, and it's crazy. She's one of those actresses that just don't age. She it's looks true. exactly the same. Yeah. Right. I mean, her and Ted Danson probably steal, like, sit from the same pool every, like, <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> moon. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I'm, I love how, strange and like and like organic this relationship feel because sometimes like because it doesn't i don't know if i was a producer or a studio guy and someone was like oh we're giving doc brown a love interest in the third one i would actually on paper that doesn't sound very 
exciting to me. I'm like, oh, you're going to give him a love interest but like it it just works so much and yeah it, mm-hmm. yeah it's just uh they and, just and it's because they it's because they wrote it for mary steenburgen they yeah. they knew when they conceived of the character they're like oh we should give doc a love interest because christopher lloyd wants to be like a romantic lead because he's never been able to before so like who would be good for that and i believe they even asked christopher lloyd and christopher lloyd was like mary steenburgen <laughs> wow <laughs> Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, that is good." And so they wrote the character oh, cool. for Mary Steenburgen and she was the first person they asked and luckily she said yes because of her kids. Um so yeah. it all uh, it all worked out exactly the way that it was supposed to. Much well, like right. it's uh, not weird or skeezy. No, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because it, it feels like too and again, like the, the, I really would recommend, if, even if you don't listen to the episode, I would recommend going out and finding that comic book story because it, it really does uh, augment this character and really it endears you to her in a way. Because it's really about these two oddballs and these two kind of people that are, quote, out of time, uh, mm-hmm. out of their own time that find each other. And mm-hmm. it's kind of the perfect love story for this trilogy. It's it's very much it's actually very reminiscent going back to to Christopher Reeve it's definitely reminiscent of somewhere in time yeah. uh weirdly Oh yeah because Well that's what they, I meant. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be a great like new bev double feature like time after time and uh what was the other one what was the one with HG Wells that we just talked about? That was uh, time after yeah, time. Somewhere, somewhere in time and time after time. Yeah, that'd be a cool double right. feature. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so, uh, so Tom, it's your turn. Okay. Tell us about uh, about the first time you saw Back to the Future and uh, and and what you thought and everything. Your relationship yeah. with the series. Back to the Future, the first one. Yeah, that was like a big summer for movies. It was like Back to the Future and uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and I think I think Ferris Bueller, maybe. And, uh, but yeah, and I, I swear, I do think that Jer says he saw it with his mom and dad, but I know I saw it with Jer in Ohio when I was visiting him at some point. But, uh, yeah, I loved it. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it, that was like, you know, maybe like the tail end of the crest of like the advent of blockbusters, of like summer blockbusters, you know, it's like you kind of knew, oh, it's a new summer. We're going to have some awesome movies that are going to be the greatest movies we've ever seen in our lives. And this was definitely one of them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was completely fun. And then two, I was totally into. I liked it a lot. Um, I think I said this last time I was on that my friends and I all kept our ticket stubs because the movie ends with to be concluded. And we're like, wait, that's not a thing. What do you mean it's to be concluded? Wait a minute. <laughs> and so like, we took our, we kept our ticket stubs. We took it back to the theater when, when three came out. We're like, we'd like to see the rest of the movie, please. You're like, forget it. Where's your money? I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> so we had to buy new tickets. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like all of them. They're all great. I mean, two is like, you know, mind bending and, uh, and insane, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, one is probably my favorite. I mean, one is, one is like the, it's the only one that can, uh, you know, it's like its own nugget of, of greatness. It's like it's it's mm-hmm. self-contained and it's awesome. It's weird when you're watching three and you think, oh, if you think about George McFly, like boy, this they like three movies. They've done a lot in three movies that are like like three has so much not to do with one. But yeah, yeah like Jerry yeah, was saying, true. like Doc and Marty, like they're the linchpin of the whole thing. 
And so um, it's it's absolutely back to the future. But in a lot of ways, you're like, oh, wait, it's not the 50s. And it's there's no George McFly. There's no Elaine and stuff. And but uh, well, what's what's awesome. interesting, what's interesting, though, like comparing back to the future to back to the future three, like Jerry was saying either earlier today or earlier this week, uh, they are similar as far as their plot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you if you close your eyes and plug your nose, like they're kind of the same movie. Um <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the difference is that Marty and Doc have switched roles and instead of <laughs> yeah. trying to put two people together, Marty is trying to keep two people apart. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. totally true. That is. Which I never thought of that. I, yeah, which I, I just think is like a really interesting way to sort of like cap a trilogy. Yeah. Um, is making it all come full circle like yeah. that. Because the problem with the second one, arguably, is it does sort of feel like it's lost in the ocean, so to speak. Like, it's not, it, it's kind of, it's too connected to the first one, but not enough, you know? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't really feel like its own thing because it doesn't end very satisfactorily. But this one is kind of allowed to, similar to the first one, be its own thing again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. I noticed last night when you talk about how the the whole series ends, it's a locomotive using like rocket boosters to fly into your face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, that does feel like a summer blockbuster. Yeah. It (laughs) certainly does. (laughs) I guess that's how the, I I had to actually ask, ask around. I'm like, is it, there isn't a back to the future four, right? Like this no. is how the whole thing ends, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and then it's yeah. ZZ Top. Right, ZZ Top instead of Huey Lewis <laughs> in the news. Yeah. Um so uh so anyway, um I guess that uh, I guess that wraps us up for today. Yeah, I'm good um, if you guys are good. And uh if sure, you yeah. are liking what you're hearing, in addition to all of our shows and our podcasts and what have you, we also have merch. We have a store. Uh, and you can get uh, T-shirts. I uh, think so. Our Patreon uh, subscribers, we uh, you guys now get some stickers, right? Yeah. Woo! Well, I mean that's that's not uh, that's not going to be in the store, but yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can get uh, <laughs> Back to the Future Minute Part One, Two, and Three uh, shirts and mugs and iPhone cases, and uh, it's not just uh, Back to the Future Minute. You can also get Geek by Night stuff. And uh, Lord of the Rings Minute stuff. So it's all on uh, DuelingGenre.com. You click on Merch, and uh, it'll take you right there. And Public has, like, cool little sales and stuff pretty regularly. And, uh, yeah, hop on that. Or, uh, you know, you know, we also have prints. I've seen some really cool prints of it. And if you do yep. buy anything and it comes in the mail safe and sound, send us a picture. Yes. We love, we love, seeing, our, we love, we love, we love seeing people with stuff that we made. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. That's the weirdest part. <laughs> Being like, that was that's because of the thing we made. That's weird. Um, there are people out there awesome. listening to this. <laughs> right, right. So much, and they care so much that they're wearing it on their body now. That <laughs> right. Other people can see that. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Uh, they're having to explain to people what podcasts are. That's dedication. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back to wrap up the week with Minute 45 tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Bye, guys.